Hey everyone, thanks so much for checking out season two of the Badass Podcast. Just wanted to give you guys all a heads up. July is going to be a very uh, busy month for us here because we've got uh, Curse of the White Knight, which is volume two of Sean's Batman book, is going to be debuting, as well as a Kickstarter for a book I'm going to be doing called Bloody Hell. And uh, as that gets closer to coming out, you'll get more information. So thanks so much and enjoy the show. the Batman the Animated Series show podcast where we talk about Batman the Animated Series. My name's Clay McCormick and with me is... Sean Murphy, I am your punky lesh. <laughs> do you get that? I thought I had to I do. It. No, I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so for those not who don't understand that, in this episode, one of Tony Zuko's uh, aliases is a guy named Punky Lesh. Mm-hmm. He has a weird name. Yes. Gonna, I need an opening. So yeah, the, the other aliases are fairly normal. And then Sid the Squid is actually used in another episode. It sounded familiar. The yeah, guy that's the man a pretty killed good Joker. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's a good Sorry, name. I'm jumping the gun. Go that's ahead. That's all right. Uh, but yeah, today we're going to be talking about Robin's Reckoning, part one and part two. Mm-hmm. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into that. All right, in Robin's Reckoning, uh, we're going to be talking about both episodes as one big whole, and uh, it was written by Randy Rogel, both parts, and both parts directed by Dick Sebast, and uh, the breakdown is, during a fight with some gangsters at a construction yard, Batman and Robin learn the name of their boss, Billy Marin. While Robin looks forward to going up against Marin, Batman becomes distant, and after a falling out at the Batcave, Batman doesn't allow Robin to accompany him on the search for Marin. Robin investigates on the Bat computer and soon realizes that Billy Marin is not the boss's real name. Rather, it's an alias of Tony Zuko, the man who killed his parents, which Batman already knew but chose. <laughs> this is a pretty long one. Usually these breakdowns are pretty short. I would love to know who wrote these. I don't know. Uh, the second one is much shorter. For the second half, it's angered by Batman's deceit. Robin sets out to find Tony Zuko on his own all the while plagued by the memories of his parents' death and how Bruce took him in as his own son. Eventually, Batman manages to find Zuko at an old amusement park, but breaks his leg during the fight. Sorry. (laughs) That's a really interesting thing to put in there. Uh, Robin finally arrives and prepares to kill Zuko in revenge. Uh, The flashbacks to Robin's origin story is based on Detective Comics number 38 from June 1940, and this episode won the 1993 Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Animated Program for programming less than one hour. Um, I I love that there are so many different categories of things that you can win. Yeah. I always... There's an award for everybody. Yeah. A handful of years ago, I had this crazy thought where I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to try and win a Grammy. Yeah. Because I feel like of all the awards to win, right. I can probably find a loophole and sneak that in. Or a Guinness Book of World Records. Well, you don't get a cool statue for that one, though. But you get to be in the book, don't you? That's true. I guess you're in the book. But you get at least a pint of Guinness. But if I win a Grammy, I probably get to meet Bono. That's true. I, is, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't get to, I would not get to meet Bono. They wouldn't let me anywhere near Bono. What would Bono. you do if you met Bono? 
Um, tell them about the badass podcast, probably. And we're going to talk about Batman because I hate it when people put other shit at the beginning. Sorry. So that was okay. my fault. I started the Grammy discussion. Anyway, Robin's Reckoning. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they won an Emmy for this one, and it's well-deserved. So a, a daytime Emmy? Emmy? Um, because I remember no, the, it says primetime. So back in 1993 or whatever, mm-hmm. there was the Emmys at night, and they had best one-shot animated blah blah blah. Yeah, you and I weren't watching because we were too young. Mm-hmm. And this literally, so Alan Burnett and uh, Paul Dini and whoever went up trying to concentrate through the <laughs> sirens. Uh, they went up and accepted the award for this episode, just like they did for Heart of Ice. Yep, I totally missed that. I That's, guess. Yeah. Is it on YouTube? I mean, can you find be. that shit? I'm not going to do it now. No. But, later. Uh, <laughs> we'll do it later when we're more drunk. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, well, it was, uh, I don't remember exactly, but I um, I remember this show used to be on Sunday nights, I think, right? I watched it after school. I did too, but I remember Batman premiered Sunday night on Fox yeah. when it first started. So I don't know how long it stayed like there. Channel I think 25, it was, Fox, yeah. and, yep. Back I think in the day, it was yep. in the same pocket with The Simpsons, I think, for a while. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I think uh, I think the win is is well-deserved for this because they yeah. clearly brought their big guns out yeah. um, across the board. Yeah. Um, animation is great. Uh, even the first shot where it's... It, I'm always impressed in animation when they do those multi-perspective pans for right. buildings because yeah. they start right at the top and yeah. they pan down. Because the buildings yeah. get, can get bendy. Yep. But the, the, the trick is to limit the scope of the camera so you don't notice the bendiness yeah and it's it's interesting that they they do those by actually mimicking the way it would work if you were shooting just a building with a camera yeah and it's not just like a straight building because no. you have it's to a change bu- the- it's a bulbous building with a in the middle and the camera starts at the top it gets bulbous in the middle and then you start looking down towards the street yeah because you have to keep in mind the perspective changes and exactly stuff. yeah so if you had original art of like a building in perspective you would it would not look like any record it would be a fat building yeah it would look like uh <laughs> like a fisheye lens probably exactly kind of. yeah. yeah um which is i there's a lot of that in this episode i yeah. feel like they put all their interns on this episode who wanted to prove themselves because there was a lot of perspective stuff a lot of really difficult animations whether it's a yeah. uh a carousel yeah not only is it a carousel but it's a carousel as the middle layer right of action so you've yeah. got tony zuko then a spinning carousel <laughs> then yeah. batman so we're getting to the end, but yeah, the final yeah. flight is on a carousel. So you're drawing horses, which, uh, as an artist, are like my least favorite thing to draw. Horses, they are hard. Fire and water. Mm-hmm. I would not be good at uh, drawing the Bible, um, <laughs> and uh, working them in perspective. And you can only imagine you would take your least favorite intern and be like, "Here you go, just mm-hmm. draw this asshole." <laughs> yeah, it's your first day here. You got to draw the the Batmobile <laughs> spinning 360 degrees on a turntable. <laughs> so let's go. Uh, let's talk about Robin. Yeah. Did we talk about Robin previously? Do you want to recap? Oh, I don't know. I don't listen to the show. Yeah, I hate this stuff. These two (laughs) know-it-alls. Oh, we're in comics, but we're also watching Batman. (laughs) No, uh, um, I honestly can't remember. I think he's come up, but I don't know if we've ever really done a deep dive on him. So what's your impression of uh, Robin to this point? Um, In this In the show? Yeah. I've always thought he was kind of a peripheral character. Right. Uh, I do remember we talked about his first the strange thing about this show is that he just is there yeah there's no i mean the show in general has no real like first episode it just sort of starts right you could take that episode and place it anywhere and it works right um so he's never really introduced he's just part of the equation Mm -hmm. and he kind of 
We get to see him in college. Yep. Um, we might actually see more of him in college by this point than we do actually as Robin. So I, that's probably not true. So but, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought Robin wasn't introduced to the show until season two, which is what we're in. Nope. Okay, so I don't know what order I watched them in. Yeah, I, I think they just they scatter them up because okay. we because we've done um, the scarecrow episode right. at the college. Yeah, um, I think he was involved in one of the really early. Oh, he's in Christmas with the Joker, I think. Oh, so which is like the first really episode. Early on. Yeah, okay. he just shows up. He's just there. Yeah, I don't know why I thought that. Okay, I thought my th- thinking on this was that it was a Batman show, and then because when they did season two, they brought in Robin, but that's. BS because they ordered all of these episodes at yeah. once. They the big change when they when they do the the style change they yeah. bring in um what's right. his name for season Tim four. Drake for season four yeah, yeah. right um, so I don't know how you feel about Robin this is my first intro to Robin as mm-hmm. a kid and I I wanted to like him but he was just too goofy and he was obviously the um I think like this actor was given the worst lines he was given the worst puns the jokes and I know he was the comic relief but. I don't think it really worked for me until this episode. Yeah. Because Robin gets really fucking serious yeah. and I loved it. Well, they they kind of treat him like a kid even though he's night like he's in college, but yeah. he's very sort of Right. you know, not really into much. No. Uh, and just sort of has he's yeah. kind of there he's to be He's into revenge, Clay. Yeah. He's just kind of there to be the uh, uh um the light counterpoint to Batman, which is nice, but it's not there's not really a lot of meat there. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the first episode where they really give him right. stuff to do. So Bruce had him at age 10. Yes. Until he was 18. He's 19. They said nine years. I feel like there's eight years of Robin raising that we're missing. Yeah. Because I've never thought of... So what we actually just watched this a few minutes ago together. Um, we were trying not to talk too much because we were going to spoil... You know, We want to save this for the podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, my thought was, I feel like my understanding of Bruce and robin is that it's like he had robin came into his life when robin was 20 and bruce as a 35 40 year old it got like kids were shoved upon him Mm -hmm. he didn't know what to do with it um but that's obviously not correct yeah because he took in robin when he was a kid but i think the reason for my misunderstanding is that i don't know a lot of stories of bruce having to be a dad yeah because he's so shut off emotionally he feels like the uncle who absorbed kids or something he doesn't feel like a guy who understood how to be a dad at age 10 yeah yeah they um it's it a lot of times he kind of seems like it has this sort of like jesus in the bible kind of thing right where he shows up as a kid and then it's just sort of like oh then he finds out that bruce is batman fast forward to when yeah dick is an adult they skip over all this stuff like when he wrote you know who taught dick how to drive yeah you know if i was going to write this i would say alfred did a lot of it and that's where the resentment comes from between yeah it's possible yeah i mean because if you think about uh bruce and alfred as essentially being two parents who are taking different parts of the equation you know It, it makes sense that yeah two men and a baby yeah essentially yeah my two dads <laughs> shit oh i should have gone with that one damn it this is why you're the writer <laughs> um but you know it's it feels like that kind of thing where it's like he has his batman life and he has his yeah dick grayson life and right. alfred you could say uh it, it, i guess it depends on how hands-on you think alfred is right um well in this episode alfred's the one that tells bruce hey you need to take care of that kid upstairs yeah and Bruce is like, I'm doing this for him. And Alfred's like, you know, I don't think he needs it. It does. 
He's it does always right seem like the the Bruce Wayne Dick Grayson relationship is like someone who buys a puppy without really thinking it through. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I find that very offensive, but I can't disagree with it. <laughs> As uh, the owner of three puppies uh-huh. and but, one butler, but you know what I mean. You know, like it's uh, it, it's it, it has that kind of feeling where it's like Bruce goes to the pound essentially yep. and sees the. <laughs> The, there are the, animals there. The doe-eyed the orphan, circus. and he's like, "I want, the, I need to take this one home right now." And then he brings it home and shows it all the stuff that he bought. And then, like two weeks later, he's like, "Shit, I gotta deal with this fucking dog." Oh, fucking Robin's crapped in his bed again. <laughs> Alfred's like, "You mean Dick?" I put him in the biggest, emptiest room of the house right. that just has this amazing, huge picture of my dead parents in it. What how else does, does he want? Bruce, not know how to raise Dick. Well, you save that for the Batman Black Label if you want to see Bruce raising <laughs> yeah. Dick. Oh God, I said that for you. Oh man, I appreciate it. Um, um go ahead. But yeah, uh, I think there have been st- like he traditionally when he started he was he was a kid because he came from the uh, um, the tradition of the young sidekick, right? Because they decided in the forties that yeah to make it more relatable we should put a kid in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems and I think. V- there have been a lot of Dick Grayson as a kid as Robin's stories, but yeah, I don't I don't know of a ton where right. where it's like because I you know we were saying during the show, I'm kind of surprised they've never tried to do like a, uh, a show about Dick. Yeah, like a show about Dick. Yeah, uh, on HBO. Uh, no, a show where like Dick Grayson is in is in high school or, or something yeah. where he has like, to like Buffy the Vampire Slayer where right, he has yeah. to split time between. Yeah, you know, I guess that's kind of what I haven't read it yet, but I guess that's kind of what the the Batgirl revamp from a few the new Fifty Two Batgirl with the the redesigned the Batgirl of Burnside that everybody. I, I don't read comics, Clay. Yeah, I, I know you know this about me. It, at least that's what I assume it but, is because it looks Batgirl. it seems like Batgirl in in high yeah. school, but I haven't. No, read but it, when so you, I'm showing when my you, ignorance. Uh, when you said that when we were watching, I thought that's actually brilliant. Uh, as of now, there's like an Alfred show coming out, which yeah. I'm excited about because, as far as I know, there's a lot of untapped, unexplored things about Alfred. Which, yeah. Yeah. All right. He's a bald butler, but it could be better than that. Um, yeah. And if there was like an Archie Comics style, um, dark teen drama like Buffy, mm-hmm. and the teen's dad was Bruce, so Batman was a character that would pop in every now and then, but yeah. it was basically about Robin. Yeah. That could make money. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. they did it with Superman. I turned him into a high school student, and they got like eight years out of that show. Eleven. Eleven? Smallville? I think there's eleven seasons. That was on for eleven seasons? Can I check now? Or Yeah, go I... for it. Okay, go ahead. You keep following um, here. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I think the uh, for, for all of the um, angst that, that they get out of the Batman and Robin or Dick Grayson relationship... You don't really see a lot of where that comes from, uh, as 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 far as the uh, um, him growing up aspect. So yeah, I think there's that's, and I, I again I could be wrong. Maybe they've done this in comics, and I just mm-hmm. don't know, because um, there's a lot of comics out there. There's eleven seasons. Eleven seasons. Holy shit! Can you believe it? I can't. I feel like because they've fucked up Superman <clears throat> movies, you should just give Tom Welling Welling. The, I mean, he's earned it. What is he doing right now? Nothing. I feel like comics is a Pretty fight. All right, we all argue in comics about a lot of things. I feel like we all agree that he's a pretty good actor and he makes a good Superman. In that show, he was fine. Yeah. How? <laughs> you don't think he'd be good? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think right. I everyone think agrees the time, except for Clay. I think the time has passed, unfortunately. 
And also, have you right. seen him in the suit? They Should put be... him in the suit in the last episode. And, no, yeah. I stopped watching in season four. Yeah, I just I, I swung back in for the finale because right. they finally put him in the Superman suit. What and about, it, was, it was all right. What about Dean Cain? You ever heard of him? I know D. Kane, yeah. I grew up watching <laughs> Lois and Clark. I like that episode, yeah. uh, show. He's on uh, Supergirl. He plays Supergirl's uh, oh. foster dad. All right, so he's not. He's been picked through. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. I, honestly, I hope they stick with Henry Cavill. I think that guy's a great Superman. Yeah, I think he got screwed by. Yeah. And. and uh, Batfleck, too. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Batfleck. I think that it's not fair. I mean, I don't. I'm not a giant Affleck fan, but I don't think it's fair to judge him on this bizarre corporate mess up. I thought yeah. he was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think the the interesting thing about Batman when you see him played in movies is that uh, I think every time they make a Batman movie, it exposes how no one actually knows how Batman should act. Mm-hmm. because every time they cast... Well, maybe with the exception of George Clooney. Every time they cast a new person as Batman, everyone goes, no, never. And then they go, all right, he was pretty good. Yeah. So, like, what... Because what what consists of a bad Batman in a movie? Um, I don't know. You know? that That's what I mean. It's well, like... They were resist- Michael Keaton, when he... We're uh, getting off the reservation a bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, Big time. All right, so when Michael Keaton signed on to do Batman, he had come off of Mr. Mom yep, and Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah. And he never knew about the comics people's passion. And he did a convention, I think. Mm-hmm. So I was reading Tim Burton's bio, I think. And uh, he had no idea how anti, how hateful nerds could be. Because the, the rhetoric was, I don't want Mr. Mom as Batman. Yeah. But no one thinks of that now. No. I mean, he was the Batman, at yes. least for you and me. Yeah, it's crazy how much you can reframe. Because George Clooney, to me, I'm like, yeah, he makes a good Bruce Wayne, but I don't see him as a good Batman. Yeah. But I don't see Schumacher as a good director. Yeah. So I don't think it's... Like I, if you told me that they were going to bring back Clooney to be Batman, I'd be okay with it. I think he could pull it off now. Yeah. Because I, I think it's... It, it, He's it, a little older, so yeah. maybe you know worked out into the script, of course. I, and I think it's all, all the content. Like I think he's a good actor. I yeah. think he could do it if he's got the right content. Batman right. and Robin, unfortunately, not a great movie. For Says reasons you. For reasons other than... George Clooney playing Batman. Right, yeah. Anyway, so uh, that movie also has Robin in it. It was in this episode. <laughs> uh, do you um, y- you like the backstory that they do for him? Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember the standout parts for me as a kid for this episode was when Robin, ha- when his parents die, how do you handle that for a kid show? Yeah. And the way they handled it with was mostly, mostly with silence, with, um, you know, you see... The setup is that um, this, this guy who's got a garage against the circus cuts the rope a little bit, mm-hmm. and poor Dick and his dad, his mom and dad, are like the flying Graysons, and then they do the trapeze part, and then you see the the swing. His mom or father's holding the swing, and then it comes back into the shot empty, mm-hmm. and then it waits, and you see that the swing like stops swinging, and, and they hold it for like it feels like forever. Well, you don't see you see the the cut rope. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Cut rope. And that stops. And I feel like there's a good five seconds of nothing. And then they roll in with the music yep, by the music. Walker. It's yep. like, bam. And you know what happened, and they didn't have to show it. Yeah. And I feel like getting around violence and with artistic decisions like that is always something I'm interested in. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's hard. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, it's it's really easy to show somebody right. falling and, you know, their head splatting on the ground right. or whatever. Yeah. 
and that has its place too, but not <laughs> not here. Uh, and yeah, and and how do you do that effectively yeah. um, and creatively is right. always a challenge. And it's I like it when they pull it off. That's why. Yeah. That's why. Not to go. I'll I'll keep this one short. Uh, I haven't seen Hellboy, mm-hmm. the new Hellboy, but something feels really off to me. About yeah. the presentation of the character as like right, okay. super gore, super swearing. Right. You know, that doesn't feel like Hellboy to me. Yeah. And I think it's too easy to take that character and be like, oh, yeah, we'll just dial it up to 11 and it'd be really violent and, you know, saying fuck all the time that's, or whatever. Yeah, that's what the suits do. Like, what are yeah. we doing? Oh, Hellboy? Yeah, make it violent. Awesome. End yeah. of meeting. It's Deadpool made a lot of money, right? Yeah. Have him say fuck a lot and, you know, put some brains yep. in there. Yep. I could see them doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the way they handle this with the, you know, the silhouettes going off screen and the rope coming back and the music is, is great. Yeah. Um, Robin's, Robin's origin is interesting because it's always consistent in exactly what happens to his family. But the who mm. tends to bounce right. around a lot. Right. Because uh, I think there's a version where Two-Face ha- is involved somehow. Oh, interesting. Uh, in Batman and Forever, Two-Face is, is involved oh, there. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think there's a comic version where Two-Face is involved. Yeah, that's what I was referring yeah. to. So in the comic, uh, traditionally, who was it? Some guy named Tony Zuko? Uh, let me... Well, you referenced the books when we started out. Yeah. Sorry, let me let me take a minute. I actually look. I think the voice actor that does Zuko is the guy that did the voice for Biff. Yeah, it's Biff from Back to the Future. Yeah, <laughs> animated Back to the Future. No, no, it's it is Biff. Oh, yeah, <laughs> is it that yes, guy? Yes, it is. Yes. So I was at a convention in, uh, in uh, I think Rhode Island, and they had they put us up at where all the talent are, and usually the talent are really actually famous people, and then there's me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other artists and I went down to the, uh, get breakfast and stuff and I'm sitting next to a guy who looks like an attractive Bill Clinton and it turns <laughs> out it's actually Biff from Back to the Future uh-huh. and he's wearing the suit and he looks sharp and he's fit and he's healthy he's eating eggs and you know no carbs or whatever and I wanted to lean over and be like well look at what we have here oh he would have smacked <laughs> you across the face <laughs> and just when I didn't think my morning could get any better and by the way I Data and Worf were at their own table off in the corner like, I don't know how I got invited. And you were thing. like, I've had dreams like this. This is amazing. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but who walks in but uh, Doc Brown? No shit. Yeah. <laughs> he goes up to the buffet, gets himself some eggs, and he sits down next to Biff. Mm-hmm. And they're next to us, maybe like 15 feet away. And I'm talking to Jeff, my art dealer, my, my friend. And whatever we're talking about, we just change the subject and we go like, we don't want to lock eyes. We don't want to disconnect our eye contact. We're like, do you see what I'm seeing? Yeah. Are they over there? Yeah. Like, what do we do? What do we do? Nothing. Like, in what universe are Biff and Doc Brown having breakfast? This is so crazy. Like, I can't believe this is comics. Yeah. Backstage at the comic convention. (laughs) Uh, It was a good time. Yeah. Um, So, uh, to pull it back, Mm because you covered for me with that story. As I was looking it up, uh, in the comics, traditionally, a gangster named Boss Zuko, who is loosely based on actor Edward G. Robinson's Little Caesar character, had been extorting money from the circus and killed Grayson's parents. Huh. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, there, there's been there's been a few different iterations depending yeah. on where you go. It's nice. Uh, you can interpret it so many different ways. Yeah. Every like every Robin has some connection to Two Face. Uh, I'd oh. have to look it up, but it's huh. like, cause I remember there being 
an issue of comics in the 90s where yeah. Nightwing was hanging out with Tim Drake. Right. And Tim Drake had just come off of a fight with Two-Face and he... and. Right. Dick, and Dick was like, mm. oh, you fought Two-Face. Oh, that's kind of like the first thing all the Robins have to do is fight Two-Face. <laughs> it's, part of the, it's part of the hazing. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> anyway. Um, How do you feel about circuses? In, like in general? Well, not, so this is the funny thing I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm going to maybe fill this out a bit. I love the visuals of circuses, and I love when circuses used to be innocent. Mm-hmm. But now we are understanding of how harmful they are to animals and green rights, activist animal, whatever, pandas. Okay, so now when I watch, like, I like the idea of a circus. I like to draw scenes with circuses. But I feel like when circuses come out in media now, if it's a flashback, we all kind of give it a pass. Because at some point, circuses became evil animal prisons. And I I like the warm... I think they were always that. But. Yeah, okay, fair, fair enough. Yep. I think we just uh, yep. saw how the sausage was made. But the way, yeah. the way that, that Robin, uh, the flashback gets around it is like yeah. the elephant is almost like a person. Yes. The elephant yeah. like helps him off the ground. The monkeys are real. I mean, it's, 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 it's a nice, you know, sort of a fantasy of what we used to think circuses are. But it's hard to imagine them doing this story in a movie this way now because I would automatically go, yeah, but those lions don't have freedom. <laughs> You know? you know, I don't know, because I, I feel like um, as much as you're right, I think traditionally in media, circuses are much more of a homey kind of thing like that. Like right. I think it has more of a... Uh, excuse me. They're trading in nostalgia, not yeah. reality, but we all right. kind of know that, though. And there's also, there's always an aspect of like this family, familial aspect yeah. that goes along with circus, right. which... To be fair, I, I mean, I'm sure that exists, but uh, but I yeah. I know you what you're saying. A, you ever met a carny? <laughs> I can't say that I have. I mean, not, not in the traditional sense. Anyway, to. I know. I so. <laughs> All right, I'm going to limit. This. Eventually, we talk about Batman. <laughs> on limit this show. This <laughs> I do know carnies and people that work. Of course, at Renaissance, you do. <laughs> they work at Renaissance fairs, or sometimes they're magicians, or mm-hmm. they live in their mom's basement, and um, I'm not. I don't see you as a. Don't war- belittle <laughs> the carny lifestyle, Sean. <laughs> hey. You're selling on your feet, which is what Carney's doing. They're on like, the road 365 <laughs> days a year. Yeah, spreading disease one token at a time. <laughs> putting up the Ferris wheel, taking it down, putting yeah. it up. Kind of putting it back up. Yeah, forgetting which screws they <laughs> tightened and which ones they didn't. <laughs> Leaving town before the cops can show up. Oh, man. No, but uh, just to wrap up, all I was saying was I, I, it's nice that uh, circuses and carnivals used to be like I still want to draw them and it still makes me feel warm but it's yeah. interesting when they pop up in main media because Dumbo's out right now Yeah, and if I was watching Dumbo I'd be like yeah I feel bad for Dumbo but also circuses are evil yeah but the circus still has that allure to it right? that um, I think as long as it's not dealing with uh, how they currently run right? there's a little bit of like you're saying nostalgia you gotta kind of skim it. over that stuff honestly yeah but Visual wise, it's fantastic. Yeah, as an artist, do you like drawing animals? Um, I don't love it. I, uh, to be fair, I don't. I ha- I don't do it that often. Like yeah. the stuff that I've done is not really animal heavy. Yeah. I just I just finished a book where uh, I had to do a fairly sizable couple pages that involved a, a bunch of horses. Right. And yeah. Uh, yeah. it was it it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but. I haven't done it to the point where I can be like, I, I saw, love it or hate it. I saw it. your horse panel. Yeah, I think it looked good. Nice. The shading. The yeah, whole, yeah horses right. are hard, man. Yeah. Uh, so back to the episode. Yes. Uh, I noticed, uh, so when as a kid, I love the ending of when Robin has had enough and he's becoming, he's going rogue, basically. Yeah. 
Uh, and he's like, I've been taught by the best. And he gets on his motorcycle, jumps over the bridge, which is awesome, but didn't, didn't make sense. But whatever, keep it. It's awesome. <laughs> and then Zuko is on the dock uh, at the port, at the you know shipping yard or whatever. Yep. And Robin comes out and he grabs him and he just drives down this uh, pier that lasts forever. They use like an animation cycle there, which I love. Um, and I remember as a kid being like, oh, my God, Robin is fucking pissed. Yep. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. And he throws him down and he even does like an Akira motorcycle. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Runs off and grabs him. And I love how Zuko was more afraid of Robin than he was of Batman at that point. And even um, at the point, uh, at that point, Batman hobbles up because he's injured and he's like, Robin, you can't let your emotions get the best of you. And Robin's like, screw you, Batman. That's a little bit over the top. But I, as a kid, I loved it because you had all these flashbacks of Robin being raised and he never got to grieve. Yeah. Not grieve his parents, but like he never got to be mad at Batman for not being the perfect dad. And in that moment, it all came to a head for him. And he mm-hmm. got to just like, fuck you, Batman. Mm-hmm. And Batman kind of even backs down. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like he's, He looked like he was going to let Robin do whatever he needed to do. And Robin luckily snaps to it. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Whatever. Here, take the bad guy. Do you think he would have let him? You don't think you would have let him kill him, do you? Well, at the very beginning, I don't know if you remember... Batman lets this guy fall That's to his true. death, and Robin literally <laughs> saves him. That's true. Batman. Uh, <laughs> if you wanted to to cite precedent of yeah. the um, Batman begins statement of "I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you," right? This would be a good place to look at it because <laughs> yeah. they let a dude hang out <laughs> up just by his hands on a steel girder, right? Thirty floors up, right? And they just walk away. Well, Batman walks away. Yeah. But does did he know that Robin was going to lasso and save this guy? And that's the chance you take. It's kind of vague, isn't yeah. it? It's kind of vague. It is. <laughs> he uh, and he wasn't. There was no safety net. He was no. not. He wasn't going to make a move to save the guy. That whole opening scene was a well-established construction project on a sky rise mm-hmm. with no nets. Yes. Yeah. Like there was no way that guy was not. There was no pool to catch no, him. No. Nope. Yeah. No. He was. He was a goner. Uh, as far as the end, though, was was Batman willing to let Robin drop him off the dock into the water? Into the they actually pull out and they show like a four foot story fall. So if Robin dropped this guy, he probably would have died. Yeah. Do you think Batman would let that happen? No. Yeah. Not in this show. Not in this show. Probably right? in your book, but <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> yeah. So for those who don't know, I'm doing a book. To mm, yes. What's it about? <laughs> Uh, what else do we like about this? Um, this episode oh, favorite has, shot ever. Yeah, this episode has my favorite Batman animation of the entire show. Right, which is the basically the whole sequence with him at uh, Stromwell's place. Right. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the lighting. I don't know if it's the design because the flashback. This is a flashback. And flashback Batman's suit is slightly different. Yeah, it's like season four different. Yeah, he doesn't have the... uh, Although I did notice it changes between episodes one and two. Because in the first episode at Stromwell's place, Mm -hmm. all that light shines in. So you've got that blue showing up on the light parts. But in the second half, it's straight black. He's got blue on the inside. He's got blue on the inside cape, but he has no blue highlights. I think that was... I think that's a different animation studio. Probably is. Generally, they... Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, It's just interesting because the second episode is much closer to how they do it on the redesign because that right. redesign he doesn't have any highlights it's just flat black right yeah uh, but the blue the black and blue is very very yeah. uh first season yeah um <laughs> sorry your dog loves to be loved yeah he's a he's a uh 
But yeah, that sequence at Stromwell's house, I don't know if it's if it's the movement, if it's I think it's a, a combination of things. I think it's the uh the movement, the drawing is fantastic. Yeah. Um and also the scene in the alleyway when when he sh- after he's playing craps. Right. Like he just yeah. that Batman is just right. perfect. It's funny cuz so Batman is playing craps trying to get information and he's his costume is very weak. His like Yes. Uh, yeah, hustler Hobo, hobo Joe, hobo essentially. Joe. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, Zuko, any work? Like, it's, it's... Anybody around here <laughs> do any crimes? <laughs> but you know, I'm looking to kill amazing. a. I'm looking to kill a family of trapeze artists. <laughs> Anyone know a guy who can do that for me? <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, yeah, but uh, the the one shot that always stands out to me is that quick clip of uh, the car. At, at Stromwell's place, the car coming at him and hitting Batman with the, the yeah, headlights. Right. I think it was in, must have been in the opening credits, the credits when they yeah. redid the credits. It's because, too beautiful not to. Yeah, it just stands out. And, and it, it that's my favorite shot. In it the whole doesn't show. even look like animated series. It looks like a comic book. Yeah. It, it looks does. like it's too well rendered to be the deco animated series style. Yeah. But yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the animation, the, they brought out the big guns for this one. Right. Um, what do you think of Betty Page? Yeah, the one, uh, the one uh, streetwalker, for lack of a better term. So Robin, uh, not, Dick is on his own. He's a kid, and he's looking for his parents' murderer. And dressed like a newsie. Just like a, literally, wearing Bruce's fishing sweater. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this Betty Page character is being attacked by her John. That's really funny. I actually just realized his undercover, Dick Grayson, 10-year-old Dick Grayson's undercover costume yeah. is essentially the same as Bruce Wayne's undercover costume. Yeah. Because he always ends up wearing that hat. Yeah. And like a big, you know, turtleneck sweater. That's why when we're watching it, I asked you, like, did he, did he stole yeah, this from he Bruce? Took, like, oh, he took I, it I like from his costume, costume bin. Of fisherman sweaters and newsy hats. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Bruce. <laughs> Way to be on the ball. Yeah, but so uh, Dick swoops in to save this... Uh, what is she? A street uh, street hustler? Or something yeah, kind? something like that. Anyway, he saves her. She's, and she's awesome. Up. She buys him breakfast at this diner, and she looks just like Betty Page. Oh it's yeah, so obvious. Yeah, you can almost see the photos that they must have traced for certain shots. Yeah, it's like her her goth bangs and all. And that. they never do that on this show. Like they never do reference that clearly. At least right. you know, not that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, so they they definitely were taking their time on this, and yeah. you know, won them an Emmy, so it's yeah. it's worth it. Yeah, did something right. Um. Overall, do you think do you do you think the story works out well overall? Because if 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 I had to pick one thing to to be critical of, right, it it's really flashback heavy. Yeah. Um. But for what they're trying to do, I think that's fine because it's because the story the point of the story is to tell you about right. Robin's origin, basically. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it would have been what what the episodes would have been if. You didn't do flashback. You just started in the past. Mm-hmm. So you start the episode with Batman, but his costume is different, and he looks younger. And then there's this kid, and there's this trapeze artist, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they must have thought of that. They must have decided, well, let's skip ahead to their relationship now, because you have that some great moments where Robin, when he's a kid, he's hugging Bruce in the mansion, thinking, "I should have done something. I should have saved them." And Bruce is like, "Oh my God, you're right. I do the same thing." And mm-hmm. they hug. And as they hug, you cut to modern-day Robin going like, you screwed me over. Like, you were lying to me the whole yeah. time. I mean, it's such a nice juxtaposition. I think it was worth doing the cut back and forth. I mean, if you go into flashbackiness, you should just lean into it. And I think that's what this does. Yeah. But, yeah, there might be a better version of this that I'm not 
thinking of right well, now. Well, I think I think it works too because uh, um, they do a good job of setting up um, some of the mystery behind it. Because I, I really like the way that uh, in that first scene when the guy says, "Oh, I'm working for Billy Marin," yeah, and Batman's like, "All right, good." Let's leave. <laughs> and then he's like, Robin, go get the car. And then when he leaves, he, you know, roughs the guy up right. and gets more info. So he, I like that he's, you know, keeping stuff from him. And then he brings him to the Batcave and right. says, you know, this isn't for you. Right. Like that, that sort of, they, they, it's effective um, through not much action right. to show how Batman is going to actively remove Robin from the situation. Right. Which is something that he absolutely would be pissed off about. But, you know, what I just thought... He, was, and he thinks he's doing the right thing. But this is what's so weird is like, hey, Dick, why don't you be a superhero like me? Fight mm. crime. Oh, you found your parents' killers. Well, don't don't cross the yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. Well, which is it? Yeah, I mean, exactly. if there's a version of this where Batman did not want Dick to become Robin, mm-hmm. and Dick fought to become Robin because fuck you, Batman. Yeah. And then there's a version of this where Batman's like, you should become Robin, but I'm going to teach you how to be me, but I want you to be better than me. Yeah. But I don't think they made a decision here. Or a lot of writers just don't. They just sort of accept the status quo of some kind. If you wanted to go a more, uh, I don't know if cynical is the word. Maybe it's more, I don't know. You you can decide what the word is. Mm. I think there's a version where Robin isn't pissed off because Batman hid things from him. Mm-hmm. He's pissed off because Batman doesn't trust him to not go overboard. Right. So is that what this one is that what this was though? Uh that sounds good. Yeah. But is that what I just watched? I don't know. I don't know if it is because he does get very close to the line yeah. and then Batman kind of has to walk him back a little bit. Cuz that might have been what we just saw. Yeah. I just I didn't look at it through that lens. Well, cuz he does he goes after Batman for cuz he that that Screw match you, cut Batman. you're talking about he says you, you know you lied to me you're being deceitful etc yep. etc. So he's yep. going after him for lying. Yep. Which is fine and is is really easy to track. But I I'm wondering if like there's another version where he's not pissed off that he lied, he's pissed off that Batman doesn't trust him. Right. to not go overboard right. which i think is i think that's an argument that you couldn't have until really the end of the episode because right. if, if if robin's like well i don't know i think maybe it's not for a kid's show maybe it's it, it ta- it's a little bit more nuanced because right. you could have robin be like i can't believe that you don't think i'm gonna be able to do my job right and then do that in a way where you as the audience go I don't know if he's going to be able to do his job. You right. know, like still yeah. have that gray in there right. and ultimately yeah, yeah. have him fall on the side of doing the right thing. Yeah. Uh, that might be a little bit too, uh, um, not not complex. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the the intricate for, for a show like this. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it makes sense that they went with, he's pissed off that Batman lied right. to him or, you know, right. actively pulled, pulled him out of the situation. But you know, uh, I'm thinking a lot about this with the volume two is, why does Volume Batman? Two of... No, Curse... I'm serious. You should. Curse of the White Knight. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Batman: Curse of the White Knight is a sequel to Batman: White Knight. Um, I've got Nightwing in it. I've got. Um, I do find a way to touch on Jason Todd at the end. Spoilers. Um, but my, <laughs> my my thought was like Batman seems to want. Kids. Jason Todd is kids the Joker, are... right? Yeah. No. Or and he's not as as real either. Oh. Um, Breaking. Batman that. seems to want to surround himself with family. Mm-hmm. 
but then he resents he's worried they're all going to get injured so he tries to go alone yeah and i don't feel like this is squared with a lot of stories i've read about batman Mm -hmm. it's like you're supposed to have a robin but if he's distant and cut off from robin then why even have a robin so i I don't know so my best guess is bruce knows like his his logical side knows i should have family i should have help i trust these people i'm gonna need them Mm -hmm. but then in his darkest moments he's like fuck this i'm doing it alone yeah and that's where he's always sort of struggling was how much do i let robin or dick or sorry batgirl or whoever in on this and how often do i just like flip the tables and go and go off by myself well do you think he's doing that because it's easier to do it by himself or because he's protecting he's overly protective i think he's overly protective and i think that he's unstable i think yeah. he changes his mind a lot and i think that's okay like yeah. i it doesn't bother me that batman doesn't always know how to be batman right with any given story i think he freaks out he makes the wrong decision he apologizes later like i think that makes it more interesting yeah like the idea of batman always knowing what to do to me seems kind of boring yeah and a lot of People seem to write him that way. Yeah, you know, I uh, um, we were talking about it a little bit uh, on the heels of the uh, Zack Snyder thing, talking about how you know, of of course, Batman kills people. Wake up, right? Um, and there being this big argument or discussion about whether he does or he doesn't. It's mm-hmm. it seems like there's a very black and white line there. Right. And while I do believe that he doesn't kill people, and I don't think he ever actively has mm-hmm. in the comics anyway. Right. For me. I think I'm kind of in line of, with what you're saying where I feel like Batman has is open to more of, a, of an evolution mm-hmm. from what he was when he started to what he is now. Right. Like, I I don't love the idea that Batman is basically just the Punisher, but he doesn't kill people. Right. Like, I, I, don't, I don't love the idea that he's the I am vengeance thing. Right. I'm, I think he was that, mm-hmm. but I think he, he's moved from an, an element of revenge – Right. Into uh, he's gone from trying to get revenge for the death of his parents, right. and turned into someone who is trying to stop what happened to his parents from happening to anybody else. Right, and I think having that, keeping it open for that sort of character growth, yeah, is is really interesting, and I think right. it makes him a more yeah. interesting character. Like the stages of Batman. So stage one is I'm right. going to try this weird thing. Stage two is I need Robin and Batgirl. I need a team. Yeah. Stage three is like status quo. Okay, I'm just surviving. You know, he's in his 40s. And stage four is, all right, how long am I going to do this? Yeah. What's the end goal of this? Because I'm not mad about my parents anymore. I, I'm not dad, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where it gets very Frank Millery, or even that's kind of where I wanted to write Batman is, mm-hmm. why are you still doing this? Yeah. And I, that, to me, is, is, is interesting. And handling that in a way that doesn't, like, shit on like golden age batman or yeah. the other versions of batman because you don't want to question it so much that you make readers feel dumb for liking Batman. oh yeah yeah i think what's interesting is is looking at batman and the bat family as um if if from um from more from a bruce wayne perspective than from a batman perspective right because it's almost because i wonder sometimes the way that a lot of people write him is he does have this sort of uh not antagonistic relationship with people, but mm-hmm. it's sort of like, you know, he's the grumpy dad and all the kids kind of have to band together. Yep. Yeah. And totally. it makes me wonder, why did he do this at all? Right. Like, why did he did decide to Batman bring, or bring, bring family, in? bring family in? Why okay. does, why has he gone through yeah. three, 
three, four Robins yeah. and like a bunch of other sidekicks. Because he's self-destructive and he hates himself. Well, no, because <laughs> I because it, what it feels like to me is like so, it, this is maybe getting a little too heady, but uh, let's do it. Um, it feels like someone who is uh, replacing the idea of having a family, which mm-hmm. they call it the Bat Family, right? Right. But it's that kind of person that maybe you went to high school with, or or I went to high school with, right. who does what they think they're supposed to do. So right. he cre- he has a family, right. but he fucking hates it. That's like what he, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't do it because yeah. it's what he wants. He does it because he thinks it's what he I needs should, to do. I should. I don't know how to do this, but a normal person has family, right? Yeah, Alfred? and it's the and being Batman is the only thing he knows how to yeah. do. He has this weird misfit family. He pieces to, It's like piecemeal for him, and it frustrates him as much as it satisfies him. And it's never a question he's actually able to answer. Yeah. But it's just that's how messed up he is. Yeah, you know, and it's 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 interesting. It's a it's a fascinating look at it because I, I I go back and forth on the straight antagonism between Batman and Dick Grayson. Right. Because um, I feel like it, I don't know. I think there has to be some sort of mm-hmm. love there in order yeah. for this to to right. exist as long as it has. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you think if if you if you think about it as an actual family, and you think of Batman as the guy who like got married early out of college and had a family, and now right. he's like forty and he's got three kids, and he's like fucking yeah yeah, I could be yeah I could be on Miami Beach owning a bar <laughs> right now, and I'm not saying you know that kind of thing. Well, it's funny because uh, I I love Batgirl, but she to me always seemed the most healthy because she has a dad. Yeah, she's not broken. Like- Is that healthy though? Because she has a dad. But she chooses to hang out with Batman. It's not totally healthy. <laughs> but she's not... I feel like the real drama with Batman and his kids is between him and his sons. Yeah. Like I, When I wrote Batgirl, I thought of her as the most stable. Like, she's fun. She's sort of the comic relief, but she's she's very important to the plot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because she has a dad. She's She has a well-rounded childhood. I guess her mom uh, is not in the picture. But yeah, she's sort of the, the adult in the relationship. But it's mostly Bruce sparring off with other robins basically and you know with jason todd too as we'll get into that but i just think it's a story between father and sons to me batgirl kind of exists to the side Mm -hmm. like i think batman has a woman problem in that he can't he he like it seems like he'll listen to women before he'll listen to men you have batgirl i think he'll listen to you have leslie thompson i think he uh has a mom complex of some kind he's got a general family complex i think that's fair that's fair yeah (laughs) But like he'll happily argue with Dick or with Jim or whoever, but yeah. if a woman steps in and tells Batman what's what, he'll usually kind of take a step back. Yeah, that's my. I've never thought about this until this moment. Yeah, well, I mean, that's he, how I've written. He had a more or less a father figure, right? Because right. he grew up with Alfred. That's true. Yeah, but he didn't grow up sense. with a mom. Yeah, so that may, would make women, sense. Women yeah. can kind of run roughshod over Batman a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, Catwoman's a good example. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's bring this up during another episode. Sure, there's some stuff here. Yeah, I I always kind of thought of Batgirl as as almost like less of, of like a sister or a daughter as much as like the friend the the girl next door essentially yeah who just hangs out at the house all the time T- totally yeah yeah <laughs> um, which really which that makes makes things a little bit more healthy right. um, I think uh, especially when you get into whether or not Dick and Barbara are dating each other but, uh, yeah we'll do that some other time yeah. there's episodes for that yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, uh, I think this episode overall is, is great. Um, do you have a rating for it? Uh, well, what would you like to draw if you had to draw something from it? Question. Um, I guess I'd have to go with the Robin motorcycle jump. There's Mm -hmm. a scene where he's on the bike 
and it's just him being awesome and there's a bridge that's open up all the way and there's a ship passing under it and it goes way up onto one angle it lands on, it's totally an impossible shot yes they fudge <laughs> the perspective to make it more amazing uh that bike bugs me because <clears throat> the bat wings off the back get crushed if you ever do a wheelie but whatever <laughs> And but, I mean, that's all you do on motorcycles yeah. is wheelies, right? So <laughs> they're going to get crushed. <laughs> I would draw that scene, but I would tweak the bike a little bit, I think. Yeah. And then do the Akira bit, too, because that was pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, that was pretty rad. How about you? Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's tough because I, I feel like it's actually, for as well as it's animated, it it doesn't have a lot of flashy sequences in it. Can I say, as your, I, I would like to see you draw a circus thing. Okay. Like with elephants yeah, and the family like waving goodbye. Yeah, I'd be down with that. I could do circus stuff. Well, well okay. What would you other than that? What would you do? I don't know. I I mean, my first instinct would be the the stuff at the um, what's his name's house, Stromwell's house. Oh, yeah. You know the heavy, but I mean that's that's an easy choice because it's all like heavy shadows and dramatic lighting. Yeah. I was saying there's a shot. Um, it's not from there, but it's there's a shot at uh, Wayne Manor where the only background is just a giant window and then oh yeah the, the light that it casts on you the told ground me you did a whole book like yeah that. <laughs> I, I turned to you and i was like i love that shit because i just did a book where i i did about eight pages that were just that it's a grid of a window of eight by eight yep. and nothing and dramatic lighting and super easy quick yeah like, it's like a perspective grid yeah it works it's fantastic <laughs> it probably should have gone quicker than it did but for me but yeah um it's great it's instant instant drama that's true. It worked um, well. Yeah. I, you know, I I think that alleyway sequence, I think, would be kind of fun. I think you do the dice thing. Yeah. I think yeah. that and, you know. When the, Batman cracks his knuckles. Yes. And, yeah, the, the change into Batman and, and that. Kind of, I think that would be pretty fun. Yeah. But, yeah, overall, it, it doesn't have a ton of, like, standout set pieces that we've seen in the past. I think it does, but there's so many that it's hard to remember. Yeah. Remember, they, there was a guy uh, who got hit into the... Um, is a shooting range at the carnival. Yep. That that's fun to draw. That would be cool. Um yeah. the lighting stuff you mentioned, uh the diner with the kid and uh Betty Page. Batman standing in the second floor while the criminals are meeting in the first floor and they start shooting up to the ceiling. Good job, Batman. Yeah, great play. Way, way to creep around <laughs> quietly up there. I thought I thought he was supposed to be the best. <laughs> there's according to Robin. Yeah. There's so many great set pieces that I feel like we're it's you get lost. Yeah, I would like to do, you know, I'm just kind of spitballing now, but I would like to do something with Robin in that final sequence. Like, because I, I don't actually know if I've ever really drawn him before. Right. Uh, not seriously, anyway. Right. Um, so s- something with his standoff with Zuko at the end, I think, could be kind right. of fun. Did you ever read uh, Tim Sale's uh, Batman where Robin dies? I think it's Dark Victory with Jeff Loeb. Is the writer? No, he dies in that. I've I've read Dark Victory. I Sorry. don't remember him dying. No, no, he doesn't die. Uh, I apologize. His parents die. Oh, so okay. Issue yes. two, I think, is like the sequence at the fair. Sorry, the carnival, um, the circus. Mm-hmm. And Tim, he's a, such an amazing storyteller. He uses space so well. He does like a three-panel, two-page spread of like uh, horizontal shots, like top, middle, bottom, and it's like all silent, no dialogue, mm-hmm. and it's basically the scene we just got. But the way it leads the eye is the way that Bruce stands up in the crowd at the far right. Yeah. And the, the Robin's parents missing from the swing in the far 
left up above it it's such a design masterpiece and i know this doesn't help if you're not holding it in front of you yeah <laughs> but um, i remember being blown away by that yeah actually now that you say that i think i would like to i, I would like to, to to i'm being very wishy-washy about this but uh i would love to take a swing at at dick's parents dying because i think you could you could do some really fun stuff and how you could build the tension visually and all that kind of stuff yeah, I, yeah. I think there's a lot there you could kind of sink your teeth into yeah, actually yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I with White Knight's success, I plan on blowing out the universe a little bit, hiring mm-hmm. people. So I'd love to get you on a book to tackle some stuff. Maybe you can do your your Bane story Ooh, finally. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing I didn't kill him <laughs> yet. Oh wait, I do. Or do, do you? I? I don't know. <laughs> You'll have to buy the book it to can find be out. Bane's evil sister. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. What, what would you give this as a rating? Um. That's tough, actually, because I I, I, I want to say five. So you're in a, between a four and a five. <laughs> yeah, I'm between a four and a five. I think that's a good way to put it. Because yeah. I like I, I think it's great. I think the animation is great. Um, the storytelling is really good. The story. It's, it's a show for kids. Yeah. Right. Come on. Well, no, I'm just five. trying to think. I'm trying to think about like put it up against like uh, Heart of Ice. I think Heart of Ice has more complex things going on than this one, maybe. But I think let's put it this way: I'll give it a five because I think it's probably the best two-parter we've seen so far. Granted, yeah, yeah. I, for that reason, I think mathematically, I'm going to give it a five just because I think of all the best episodes, this is definitely one of the best two-parters. Yeah, I have a, maybe a few niggles with it, I guess. But honestly, for kid show, it's a five oh yeah, for yeah. Me. yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. I'm, I'm just probably I'm being too hard. <laughs> you can't turn off your inner editor, man. I'm sorry. I just, I just, st- I, I, t- I was talking about Star Trek Discovery earlier today, and I'm really critical about that show. So, so uh, I'm writing uh, Curse of the White Knight, and I'm giving Clay all my scripts even before my editors see them. And uh, so, if you want the spoilers, come to me. Get my, yeah, go to Clay, and I get my best uh, notes from Clay, my content editor. And uh, he, I thought someone issue, I gave him issue five, six, and seven. I thought five was done. He gave me more notes on five, which is were great. I thought seven would be the problem because it's kind of like the Dark Knight <laughs> of the Soul issue. But six he gave me so much grief on. And not grief because I want his criticism, but it took me like three days to rewrite <laughs> and like think about what the story was trying to say. Mm. And you have to go deep to fix. I had to fix things in every other issue to fix that. Uh, so I gave him the polished draft. Uh, and then I sent him five minutes later another one. And then 10 minutes later another one because I, I was up till like 11 p.m. fixing this shit. Uh, and then I wake up this morning to a whole new set of notes. <laughs> but you had this talk me off the ledge. Like, first of all, don't pull the trigger. It's fine. Whatever. But you should totally rewrite this scene. That's not what I see. But the point was, the content was fine. It's just the way that you said it needed yep. to be tweaked. Yeah. Because of, you know, yep. the, the you know you read the notes. You don't need to go through them again. Uh, no. But... <laughs> But but you know what I mean? Like it, it was all there. All the changes you made were good. Yeah. It's just there needed to be. Ju- they needed just yeah. that extra, yeah. you know, whipped cream think, on top. So what? I, and I agree. And I'm I'm kind of playing it up just for the sake of showmanship. Because yes. uh, it's a really important. Barnum. It's a really important episode. Yeah. Issue. Like you yeah. need to know why Azrael's doing this, why Batman's doing that, yeah. why this, why that. Like you need to sort. This is the issue to spend time on. And I think I've spent about a week of eight hours a day trying to work on this thing and tweak it. And I thought issue seven would be the one that you would ream me for because it's got a lot of dialoguing by Batman talking about why he's being Batman. And you were like, eh, that's fine. But going back to issue six, I was like, oh, I thought I was done with this. <laughs> but 
all the notes you said were correct. I'm glad that I, I have you helping me. Um, <laughs> but I, it totally broke my soul that night. And I just like, I can't, I need to. And I fell asleep face down on the couch in my wife's lap. <laughs> I woke up 30 minutes later and I actually had like, I know how to fix. I must have dreamt about fixing your notes. Oh doing my your god. Notes. <laughs> I didn't know I had this much power. I know. <laughs> I mean, like, man, Clay knows what he's talking about. Like, he's my customer. If I can't please him, there's something wrong here. Like, I need to fix this. I don't want to get by on the fact that I'm, you know, Sean Murphy doing a Batman comic that's a seller, but I I wanna still keep it real and I I need to listen. So thank you, Clay. Oh, you're welcome. I'm, I'm glad I could be a part of the process. Sorry, that went on for a little bit too long. We don't. We got feedback. People like this sort of behind the scenes yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. No, I. I th- yeah, I think that. I think they enjoy it. I mean, it's fun to talk about. I'm. I'm glad to be a part of the process, and uh, I think it's. Uh, I, I. I. As long as I'm helping, you are. Then I'm. I'm happy to do it. Yeah. But the second I stop helping, let me know, and I'll. No, there's some know. stuff where you and I differ on. Like it's. It becomes just. What do you prefer? Yeah, this or yes. that? And I like to go over the top. You like to be as subtle as possible. It's usually like a divide that we have. But I know when I've, like, I think my note to you about your last set of changes was, no, I'm not annoyed. Like, thank you for telling me. I'm going to fix this. I'm just glad that the issue can be drawn. Like, I don't yes. have to move anything yeah. visually around. I can draw this and I can tweak the dialogue later, which is like, you know, you're coming to the final stages of editing when you know you can improve the art yeah. and then tweak the dialogue later. Yeah. So I'm happy to be at that spot. It just didn't occur to me that issue six would be such a problem because I thought it was pretty good. And then you showed me that it wasn't. No, that's not true at all because it is good. It's just, you know, it's... I noticed in your response, the next couple of emails, you would pat it a bit more like, good job, and the blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, hilarious that you did that. Like, yeah, dude, Come thanks. On. I'm not going to kill myself. I'm, I would never be disingenuous <laughs> in an email about script notes. <laughs> uh, no, it's just it, it, like I said. It's all there. It was all there. It's yeah. just a matter of you know, uh, yeah. the the way to uh, uh, you the, the dominoes. Yeah, the 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 song is written. You just right. have to put the band together to play it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Thanks for being my band manager. Yeah. Anytime. Drummer. Whatever. That'll be ten <laughs> percent. How about I get you a DC gig writing White Knight stuff? Sure. That's on record now. Yeah, we'll so. yeah I'm going to try. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I think I think that's going to do it uh, for this one. Yep. Um, I'll go five out of five, just like you. Yes. <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing next? Um, next episode. And see, this is the one of the reasons why we can't just drink a bunch of beer and do like six of these. Because we talked about a lot of stuff that did not have anything to do with this episode. I feel like you're not appreciating how... The, how the wild west of podcasting works <laughs> it's beautiful if it's not perfect that's true that's thing true. is you're too good at this and you don't want to break your sort of uh the way that you roll out podcasts like no that's not true no but i appreciate it <laughs> i think drunk and stupid podcasts are fun oh well, they have their place yeah. yes and i will totally regret it after and yeah. i'm gonna say i think clay you were right we shouldn't have done that <laughs> no i think there's a place for it maybe uh if we end up doing like maybe like a commentary for a movie or something down the line, that have would be kind of fun. With Wes, have you done uh, Batman '89? No. Save it. Yeah, um, I we'll figured I'd save Bat all the Batman stuff for for this. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, next time we are doing uh, Night of the Ninja, which I can already tell you I'm not going to like, and uh, Cat Scratch Fever. Oof. Cat Scratch Fever. Well, at least that one's a Catwoman one. I will say both of those are better than they sound. Okay. 
Yeah. I, anytime I see, I don't know. You know how I feel about the about ninjas, the off-brand villains. They just they never land with this, me. What yeah. I like about the ninja one is he recognizes who Batman is because of Bruce Wayne's fighting style. That's cool, right? All right, All right. I'll give it a shot. See, yeah. Look at that. I'm I was I was just salesman. gonna I was just gonna wing it and, nope. and not watch it, but <laughs> there's, now I'll there's watch some it. stuff there we're salvaging. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, if you enjoyed the show, thank you. If you have any questions or comments, you can uh, shoot us a tweet at Badass Podcast on Twitter or shoot me an email, uh, badasspodcast at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast and you want to tell people about it, that would be cool, whether it's on iTunes Please, with yeah. a rating. Or what are you, on, what are you uh, working on next? Oh, geez. Uh, paying my bills somehow? I don't know. Writing notes for issue eight for you is what I'm doing next. I think I didn't give you issue eight. I know. I'm just clearing. You're just my, making I'm, notes already. Uh, yeah. First of all, first page all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't gotten it yet. Well, I'm sorry. I gave you the in- inside look about my process. <laughs> process sucks. <laughs> all right, man. Well, it's okay. been fun. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Let's make a good time.